Welcome to Pachamama's Sacred Paths podcast. This podcast was created with the purpose of informing and sharing ancient ancestral wisdom relating to shamanism and sacred plant medicines, as well as other modalities of spirituality. Our mission is to share a safe and reverent understanding for anyone who is interested in healing and growing through shamanism, sacred plant medicines, Hinduism, and silence. If you would like to experience firsthand the pragmatic transformation that shamanism has to offer, please visit our retreats page, pachamamasacredpaths.org, at esimo.org, or you can click on the link appearing on the screen or go to the comment section below. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pachamama Sacred Paths first podcast episode. Uh, we want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Andres Villa. And I'm Sabrina Davis. And we want to welcome you to our first, first episode where we're going to introduce the, the podcast to you and to all of the listeners of these podcasts, of course. Uh, my name is, like I was saying, my name is Andres Villa. I am uh, your host and uh, I am the Pampa Misayo leading all of the retreats and all of the ceremonies for Pachamama Sacred Paths. And uh, just uh, uh, the, the, the purpose of this podcast is going to be to inform who is it that we are, what do we do, and, and also um, give you a little bit of uh, an introduction to what's to come in the podcast. And uh, so starting, starting off, we'd like to, to introduce myself and Sabrina. And um, uh, I want to I just tell you a few things about Sabrina. She's a very, very good friend of mine. She's also my partner in the church. She's a CFO for uh, all of the background operations that happens in the church. And um, so she's a minister, and she leads uh, some of the, the silence, silence portions of the retreats. And uh, she's, she's been an integral part of helping us put the, the church on wheels, right? Like put a, get, getting it on the road and, and making things happen. Uh, very, very grateful with her for all of the things that we've been uh, going through, to, through together. And uh, so we'd like to introduce you, Sabrina. What would you like to share from us, uh, to share to us is, uh, on this podcast? Thank you, Andres. Um, <clears throat> wow, I can. Um, I guess I can talk a little bit about um, what I think. Maybe the last three years, um, my life has changed um, from being a hundred percent nine to five. That was my my you know my focus to now working in the church, and it was a lot more than three years that it took for me to get to that to that place of being ready to um, move into a more um, whole life. And I think like many people, you know, all of our, um, our issues that we live with and our problems that we have and the, the ways that we feel about our life, the way we feel about our work, the way we feel about our partners and our children and all of that all comes down to what we were taught. And, um, that, that realization, you know, occurred to me in, in layers, I think over my lifetime and, you know, started getting more pronounced and less easy to ignore uh, in the last eight years. And then, you know, as the snowball goes, um, you find yourself in a position where you're exactly where you wanted to be your whole life and you just didn't know where that was. So um, I started off, I'll try to keep it brief, but you know, you always start at the beginning. I was born to a family um, in a very uh, um, orthodox uh, 
pseudo-Christian um, belief structure. And I'd rather, I mean, I can talk about what they were, but I don't want to come out of the gate with it because a lot of people have prejudice against the religion I was born into. Um, so, uh, but I, I honor actually a lot these days of the belief structure that I was born into, um, the the morals and the uh, the foundation of uh, materialism and uh, selflessness, um, the the what really matters is love, you know, kind of mentality um, was at the foundation of what I was raised with. Yeah. So yeah. I see the yeah, I see the beauty in that. I see it every day, and it, it took me took me a little while to actually come to that realization that I can think um, something that I used to for my whole life look back on and be like, oh. Why did they do that to me? Why did life do this to me? Um, and now I have some reverence for that experience and really appreciate yeah. uh, some of the foundations that are there, along with some of the foundations for resilience. You know, we talk about trauma and, um, you know, being abused or being, you know, anything, you know, from that period in your life, early childhood, re really right into adulthood, um, any traumatizing experience. Uh, and, you know, we have those experiences as, as you know, um, that I think those as well, they make me resilient and they help me see it from, see life and everything from different perspectives. I don't, um, I don't discredit someone who has a very, um, very narrow perspective, um, other than I would just say, you know, keep in mind that there, there are other perspectives, even if yours, your view of the world is very narrow, yeah, the, you know, being aware that there's other perspectives is, <clears throat> is great. Yeah. So the more, um, I guess, the more, <laughs> for every layer of, uh, of trauma, there was definitely always a layer of additional spiritual growth. And that's, I think, you know, the path that my life has been on, um, or that the path I've been on my life, like it's separate from me. Um, that's the path I've been on for, for a really long time. Um, and when I, um, when I think about the moment that I had just thrown my hands up with trying to, uh, be something different or do something different, um, was, I mean, the last time, and I, you know, I say this with caution, I don't want it to become a, you know, death talk, but it was the last time I tried to uh, end my life. And that was, um, you know, a moment when I realized that I didn't want to keep trudging along this this mysterious path. I was I, I kind of didn't see the point, yeah. and um, and that was you know that moment where I really did just kind of I didn't give up. I just turned it over. I'm like, well, let me, you know, I I, I have no idea where I'm going, so I'm going to go along for the ride because I'm going to start doing what I want to do. I'm going to start doing what feels like I should do, uh, or what feels right, not what I should do, but what feels right. Uh, for me, and when I started like listening a, to that, rock bottom moment. It was a it was a very rock bottom moment where um, I was really done yeah. trying to do it other people's way because, you know, and I say it was when I started considering why am I doing this? Why am I doing anything? Every single moment of every single day, I'm asking myself, why am I? What is what is my purpose? Why am I doing this? Yeah. And I liken that to, I mean, there's, uh, Stephen Covey is one of my favorite authors, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Actually, that's yeah. the only book, the only book of his I've ever read, but it's, it was such an impactful book. Um, but he, you know, it's beginning with the end in mind and then um, seek first to understand, then to be understood, like all sorts of, um, you know, things that I've used in my life um, to, 
to really just be okay with who I am and where I'm at. So, um, yeah. So that, I mean, I was in business. I've been a, a business professional for 25 years. Somebody told me that was a fast way to make money in college. I originally started out, <laughs> I know, I originally started out, I was going to do psychology and then found out that you had to do four years yeah. of, uh, of, of postgraduate school. And I was like, forget it. I'm dead. Yeah. I need money now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. um, so, so I ended up going, I was really good with numbers, really good with accounting, really good with strategy. And so I went into finance, ended up doing corporate finance for a long time. Um, and I'm really, I'm really glad to be out of um, that scene of, you know, uh, very much always about making or saving money. Um, so it's, it's beautiful for me to transition now into uh, a different type of business um, that is, you know, a little bit. Um, more service to the public, I guess, I, I, you know, and I say that also kind of hesitantly because businesses all um, contribute to the, the society and the public right. and they all have their part. So, um, yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's anything major I left out. Um, I, I just recently, I suppose in the last three years, I've um, engaged with sacred medicine. Um, I hadn't before that, and I've had uh, an incredible journey through Alcoholics Anonymous with self-exploration for a solid seven years. Um, very dedicated to that community. I still um, am grateful for them, the work that they do, and the, the program that they've kept alive for the last 75 years. So a very credible program that does a lot, um, a lot of good for a lot of people. So, um, and I, I, I would be doing a disservice to myself if not to acknowledge that program um, really kind of opened me up to being, I mean, that whole um, idea of God being whatever, whatever God is to me um, and that that was okay. And that there were other people that also felt that that was okay. Um, that came from, from them. So when I gave everything up, um, that was one of the first things that was it's um, after that uh, attempt on my own life. Um, that was the community I was introduced to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was the day I got out of that hospital and that was where I landed in a place that was telling me I needed to stop trying to make God something bigger than, um, you know, bigger than I could possibly touch. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, it was, uh, it was an interesting perspective. Yeah. So, um, five years, six years into, um, into that transition from that uh, that shift in my life, and I still didn't quite know where I was going, um, but I somehow land, landed three years ago in a uh, sacred medicine circle with you, <laughs> and, and then I, you know, was oddly and strangely felt called to spend more time around you, and so here we have it. it I mean, I think it took us a little while to. I I think I had a lot of processing to do in my time um and uh, i know that you had a lot to figure out as well with you know what these ceremonies would look like and um how, how what the format would be and what works best and you've done an incredible job with the um the structure of um, this belief system that we have so i would say um from here andreas that i think your story is probably uh more amazing than i could uh, summarize anymore, but I'd love to hear why you do what you do. Tell us about you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you for sharing uh, uh, all of those, uh, you know, details. I, I really wasn't aware of uh, a lot of what you said, and it's so good to, to uh, you know, continue knowing each other in such ways. Yeah, for me, uh, a lot, very, very similar to you, you know, like I had my share experiences of 
you know, despair and um, confusion where, where, you know, the, the, the logical option was to, you know, pull the plug a few times. And, um, you know, but for the most part, I think that uh, it, it has been until much later uh, through the, the work of, you know, the medicines that I, I, you know, came to realize that my path, personal path began at a very early age for me. Um, you know, growing, grown Catholic, my mom was super devoted, still is, you know, I don't, I don't think I know anyone that, that meditates more than her. And, uh, and so she, she, uh, introduced me, you know, to devotion. And, uh, I had a very, very special connection from a very early age with, you know, different, different, uh, beings, you know, obviously Jeshua, but, uh, also Mother Mary and introduced me to, you know, the love that the, the feminine aspect of the divine. And uh, a few, a few other other things, right? It was so deep for me back when I was, uh, you know, a kid. You know, being, you know, from I think like eight to eleven, I was a, a the priest helper, and I never experienced any uh, craziness with a priest, you know, any abuse or anything like that. You know, thank God. Yeah, but uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it was a, a very very interesting um, path that I was called to. Uh, however, I was a little rebellious, you know, with a lot of the concepts, and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't always, you know, uh, shutting up when when they told me to not ask questions about dogma and things like this. So, but uh, that that's when when I when I first, you know, recognized that my path and my my relationship with spirituality began, and then from there, you know, I had a. a uh, a teen, the teenage years were very, very similar to the general population, you know, girlfriends, friends, parties, you know, some drugs, and, and it got actually pretty heavy on the drug taking when I was in, in the years of college, and um, you know, but always looking for something, right, always looking to, to, uh, to explore, and uh, even on those, on those moments, I wasn't really that crazy party guy that I was, you know, taking some, some um, you know, psychedelics back then. But it was always an introspection journey for me. So, uh, and, and there was a, a group of us that had that same mentality. We were, from an early age, we were reading uh, Friedrich Nietzsche and, uh, and a few other, you know, philosophers of, of, uh, of, of you know, mind-like, uh, like-minded uh, type of theories and, and ideas. So, um, but uh, for me, you know, like I, I transitioned from, from college to work. And then when I was working, I came from Texas, you know, I finished uh, the, 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 the four years in Texas. And then I came here to California in 2006. And, uh, and then I worked and I just enjoyed, you know, making money. I was managing, I was a sales manager for Toyota. And then I had my own car dealership uh, with, you know, three silent partners. And, uh, and, and it was great. You know, it was, I had a lot of freedom. I had, a, you know, a lot of money for a 26-year-old. And, um, you know, comparatively, of course, and then I was, I was happy. And then when I had, uh, my son Andres, when I was 29, that's when, when, uh, when something happened for me, because even though I had, you know, life was, life was all right for me. I had, uh, this understanding and this awareness of myself that, um, I wasn't, I wasn't always happy. You know, life was okay and money helped a lot not to be stressed and, worried about tomorrow and things like this but at the same time I was I was aware of you know quote unquote demons right 
uh, and I say quote unquote because at the moment I thought that I had like these these beings and energies that would influence me and trigger my anger or trigger my rage. And so I was an angry kid, you know. Um, I, I grew up in a in a home with a little bit of violence and 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 experienced some some trauma. And um, so not knowing how to how to work with all of that. I carried it over, right? And I started actually growing even more to bigger levels than what I experienced when I was a kid. And so when I was 29, I I, uh, I considered myself very, very smart. But at the same time, I had no control over my emotions uh, because of these beliefs that I had some influences, you know, affecting, right? And so that that was that was a little bit of a of, um, of, of my my state of mind back then and so when my firstborn when when andres was born my son andres was born he uh, you know i i experienced for the first time something you know so pure and so i, I experienced uh, a moment of of true innocence and dignity when i when i saw him you know come out of, of my my wife's womb and uh you know for the first time in my life i was in shock i couldn't speak i couldn't move i was like paralyzed and uh, and it really shook me. But what shook me was a recognition that I didn't have it within me at that moment. I didn't have the skills or the space within myself to protect, you know, that innocence, that purity, that divinity that I saw. And uh, my mom, you know, was, was with me at the hospital. My dad had traveled from, from Mexico to be here for, for his first grandson uh, being born. And, uh, and I was with them and, you know, I, can't, I come out of the room and, and they say, uh, how is he, you know, and everything's great. And, and so, but I, I remember like I started crying and what is the, what's going on? Is everything okay? He's like, yeah, but uh, I have, I'm really afraid. I'm, I'm really afraid that, uh, uh, that I will fuck this up, you know, that I will mess, you know, his life up. And, and, um, and I was really like genuinely, genuinely afraid and scared and, and sad. So all of those emotions uh, you know, were, were like swirling around so deeply and they recognize that, you know, now in retrospect, I, I can, I can see that they, they recognize those moments that that particular moment and they cried with me, you know, they, they're, they try to cheer me up. It's like, don't worry about it. But I could, you know, my dad was crying and she, she was crying also. And they were like the voice of reason and logic is like, don't focus on the bad stuff, you know, keep looking <laughs> forward. But they could really understand because they, they were 17 and 18 when they had me, you know. So it was the same thing, not knowing how to deal with all of your emotions and at the same time be a good parent. <clears throat> but what happened for me in that moment, even though I, I, I really couldn't focus on anything else, is I prayed for the first time in maybe like around 15, 20 years. And so I, I not knowing if, if there was anything up there or outside, you know, I said like if if... If you exist, you know, I need some help. And it was genuine from the heart and from the mind. And uh, and in a few a few uh, months after that, I had a uh, an episode where I went into unintended fasting, and um, and I experienced um, you know thirty days of being just sustained with uh, knowledge. Just I was very very deep into Christ consciousness teachings by a, a channeler that we will explore as part of the podcast. And um, it, it's anonymous. It's an, anon, an, an anonymous text. And um, it changed my life. You know, it, it really gave me a glimpse of what it could be uh, being in, in, a, in a space of love and a really high vibration. And then from there, I came down 
after those 30 days, something started to happen where I, um, I started experiencing again fear. And I, I started, so for 30 days, I was in this space of like enlightenment. If there's, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, I was like floating around and, and speaking to different beings and angels and, 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 and listening to people's thoughts and things like this. It was really, really quite an, quite an amazing thing. Uh, if, if I wasn't, you know, uh, experiencing it from the, you know, uh, anybody would have said that I, I, I should belong in a, in the funny house, you know, like, or see a psychiatrist at the very least. But, uh, you know, I was having a very profound experience of awakening. Right. And, uh, it was such a, such a shift in vibration that when I, when I started to gradually come out of that, it, I, I started feeling fear and. The fear with the fear came the old patterns of lying and and I had some 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 uh, um, patterns of manipulating truth you know <laughs> and in uh, being being angry and being resentful and and all of these things right like I had I had a lot of, uh, of work to do then that uh, you know I, I began that's that's when the work really began it was like a big huge 30-day aha moment and then after that it was uh, a, a process of understanding how is it that I can get back into, you know, those levels of understanding and awareness of myself. And then my search began, you know, I, I got really deep into Hinduism for seven years. And then since 2013, I started doing sacred medicines. I did uh, my first retreat. It was an overnight ceremony in downtown San Jose, uh, uh -huh. very dense. Yeah. And uh, with, with a teacher that uh, we'll have as an, as an, we'll invite her into the podcast. And uh, so I had a, I had this, this amazing, you know, first encounter with Mother Ayahuasca. And, uh, and then from there, it just continued, you know, the next month I had the second one. And then the week after the, the second one, I had my third, my fourth one, I had it on my own. And then I started uh, getting into different types of medicine, uh, Padre Sapo, Jape, Sananga, uh, different types of Ayahuasca, Chaliponga and, and whatnot, you know, all the Romino Santos. And so um, that's that's how my path began, and uh, and it started you know little by little. It started giving me insight and awareness, but the insight and the awareness wasn't really changing much for me. So that's when when uh, when I find when I found a, a teacher, and that was my very my very first. I, I wouldn't I, I cannot say my very first. It was uh, one of the, the 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 deepest teachers that I've that I've had. And, uh, and he introduced me to the Kero tradition, which we're going to talk a lot, a lot about in the podcast. And uh, the Kero is from the Andes, is the, the priests from the mountains. And so I had a, a really beautiful experience of um, embodying some of, the, some of the insight that I had. Uh, I already had a lot of knowledge, but it was just concepts. And then gradually with, with, uh, with some of the practices of the Kero, I was able to gradually start to embody little by little some of the, the the wisdom, and embodying the wisdom brings change, change in temper, change in space within ourselves to start uh, uh, perceiving things a little bit uh, different and have have a a tangible say, meaning like I have a say into what I feel, I have a say into my thoughts, and so that that started to 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 happen, and now it's been about four and a half years that I've been you know, uh, exposed to this and working fully. It's, it's like about three years since I've worked with initiation. And uh, we're, we're going to talk, this is going to be one of the things. So, but in a nutshell, in a nutshell, this is a little bit of, of uh, you know, my, my background. 
I know it, it was a little more than what we said we were going to talk about each other, <laughs> and I apologize for for that. That's okay. But uh, but yeah. So this is this is a, uh, and and uh, so what we're going to talk about in the in the podcast is going to be, um, each week we're going to talk about different subjects that uh, both you and I are familiar with sacred medicines and uh, you know different types of shamanism, different type of belief systems. Uh, in in the field of spirituality, like Hinduism, uh, course in miracles. Um, uh, I don't know. You probably know better than I than I do. What are going to be some of the subjects that we're going to be reviewing? Well, I know I know that um, a lot of the subjects that we're going to be reviewing have some um, preconceived notions or perceptions of you know some maybe not so. Um, understanding or not so transparent sources and I, I think mainly of you know what we hear less and less these days or we're, see, we're seeing more acceptance and more um, uh, I guess integration of the more earth um, spiritualities you know some yeah. of the um, the very ancient and, and um, deeply natural um, spirituality so it'll be interesting to kind of explore those perspectives too which was you know, kind of the way I was brought up that all that's hoodoo and voodoo and, you know, you can't pay any attention to it, you know, and that's, yeah. it's, the, it's, it, but it's what we're, you know, it's a big portion of what we talk about is that energy movement. So um, just the, the broad spectrum of topics that we're going to have just in sacred medicines and what sacred medicines can do to help you become aware of things. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not that you see things that aren't there, right? And I've, I've seen this before. It's, or it's not that you hear things. It's not you think things that aren't there already. They're right. they're they're already part of this medicine. Um, helps you to be a little bit more aware of what's going on in there. Oh. Um, all the the different backgrounds and the um, you know that I am horrible about remembering names of things. So I'm so grateful I know you, Andres, because in a lot of these conversations, I'd be like, yeah, that one. You know, like there's so many religious, um, so much religious history um, where some of the origins of these beliefs came from and, and how they were dissected and, and um, changed up and mutated into what they are today or evolved, depending on what word you want to use into right. what we have today and in so many different forms. And then you look at the unification that we have between the Kero tradition and the Hinduism yeah. um, at the Church of Pachamama Sacred Paths. And it's just it's an incredible match. The the beauty of seeing those two belief structures um, come together in such harmony is yeah. uh, pretty incredible and hard to ignore. So, it, um, it's a, you know, it's a way to reconcile. For me, um, um, you know, it, it has helped a lot that I that I uh, studied, you know, for you know so deeply and so for for so long, all of the the practices of Advaita Vedanta and and you know studying some of the Gitas. The Bhagavad Gita, the Ashtavakra Gita, and uh, you know the the yoga yoga certifications and classes, and so all of the all of the things that I've that I've done, they they certainly have put things into perspective. But uh, once we start uh, applying it on a day to day, rather than it being you know just knowledge from a book, uh, it's it's it has been uh, so beautiful to to put away all of the the differences, and so uh, all of the the separation of who's right which tradition is right and which one's wrong and why all of that all of that division only exists in our mind and in ourselves uh based off you know sometimes some attachment you know it's like oh this this sounds good and it feels feels all right 
And, and they're talking about the same in every single religion, except maybe uh, some of the Bible uh, um, verses saying that angels killing babies and stuff like that. That gets, you know, so so out of context sometimes that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to reconcile. But even then, you know, if we can take off division in between, you know, the message, if we can look beyond the words, then, then uh, you know, it's the same mountain. You know, the, well, the and I wonder... In Christianity, as you mentioned, with the um, with these you know angels killing babies, you, you know you, you wonder when you look back at I, when I and I know you you also grew up in the the Bible, one of the Christian sure. um, branches, and when you look back at the Bible, you have to wonder the same way that we talk about archetypes and um, the the different um, deities within Hinduism and the, the archetypes in the Kerala tradition. Like you start kind of seeing it from a different perspective when you look at at um, texts like the Bible or the Quran and you start seeing, well, oh, the, those same archetypes are talked about in there and that, you know, the story yes. about the angel that killed exactly. the baby is really just exactly. a story about the archetypes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and it's it's really um, understanding how these stories is, in the way that I feel and the way that I see things, which are those babies and which are the angels and what is it that I am? You know, there, there's, there's a lot of a lot of wisdom that it, it can feel very, very, uh, you know, straightforward and, and edge cutting. Uh, for example, it says one of the the, the Kero um, wisdom points says, "Kill that which kills you," and so that's pretty straightforward, right? But in the way that sometimes they explain it, it's uh, it can be also with metaphor and and you know parable parables and things like this. So uh, it's it's really looking beyond the words into how is it that I am going to apply this wisdom for myself and, and have a, re a real moment with with my energy, have a real moment with my feelings and my thinking. And so that's that's uh, um, the, the, the practical aspect of what we're going to explore. And mm -hmm. um, but also I'm pretty, pretty happy to to explore some of the a little bit more uh, attractive uh, uh, topics it's like past life regressions, being able to know who who is it that I was in a previous life and which patterns do I carry now from past lives, and uh, you know other other things you know exploring time and space, exploring patterns, rituals. That's going to be a, a really beautiful one, and uh, and we're going to have uh, uh, special guests. We're going to have some special guests and uh, for for different subjects, right? Uh, well, I think, yes, and there's all the different topics that we've even listed out here with, within the Karo tradition, within the, the Hinduism, within other sects. I think you probably know quite a few people in those those rounds. Um, the, uh, the interesting piece, too, that we get to talk about is the, the um, legal proceedings that are going on. So with the legalization of um, sacred medicines in so many parts of the country, and then you have organizations um, that are also working toward federal, um, uh, I guess, legalization at, at a certain, at least of, at least of a certain degree, you know, something that that would um, make certain sacred medicines legal. So that that whole, um, mm -hmm. I guess, movement, yeah. as we as we say, that movement towards um, not outlawing native and, and native is such a general term not outlawing uh the traditions of the americas and and really in 
most of Europe too. I think we know that there were sacred mushrooms uh, pretty much on every continent. So mm -hmm. it's it's interesting to um, to be a part of that as well. It was a, I think a conference call that we were on with Shakuna mm -hmm. um, and the work that they're doing. And so it'll be, yeah. be good to explore those um, mm -hmm. topics as well with some people on the call. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we're gonna have, we're gonna have a lot of fun exploring all of the 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 world of sacred plants but also integration of the wisdom that comes sometimes from sacred plants, um, knowing, knowing different perspectives of spirituality. So it's going to be a very inclusive uh, podcast. And uh, I, I, am, I don't know about you, but I'm really, really excited to, to begin in, next week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I'm, I'm excited to get into the details and just talk about it and honestly Andreas I get to sit here and, and chat I get an hour and a half where I get to or an hour I suppose of just you and me talking on the on a yeah, no, right. video call <laughs> I feel spoiled with it's a, awesome with a few uh guest speakers that uh that will right will have an exception to those podcasts but yeah I know I know we're gonna be connecting uh every week and every week is gonna be on Wednesdays at 7 p.m and uh, we invite you guys, we invite you, invite everyone to be a part of it. It's going to be an interactive. So we're going to be, you know, going back and forth with the questions. The, uh, it's going to run on a few different platforms, Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Vimeo, but also in a few different podcasts that is just audio podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts and, and uh, Google Podcasts and a few other, other platforms. So, um, yeah, we invite you guys to visit our website. We're in the middle of constructing our first retreat center, and uh, we're we're getting the yurts by the end of the month. We're, we order five yurts, and uh, we're, we're going to be posting. If you want to keep track of what is it that we're doing, uh, please subscribe to our mailing list, and we can send you updates on on all of the events. You know, the building of the kitchen, the the pool, and, and a few other things that uh, that are taking place right now as we speak. And uh, we invite you guys to. To, to be a part of it, to contribute, whether it is a donation or you want to be a part of what we're building. And uh, if you resonate with the teachings, you know, reach out. So, you know, you can also be a part of the initiation courses, uh, uh, some of the breathwork practices that, that we that we join. We can be part of the community as well. We invite everyone. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's what our, our podcast is going to be about. And uh, do you have anything else that you would you would like to share or you you want to add? Oh, I, no! I was just thinking there are so many ways to get involved with our community. Whether I mean, you can check it out on atestimo.org or on pachamamasacredpaths.org. Like you said, there's just so many things right now going on um, in our organization. It's just it's fun to be a part of it and um, just check it out. There's there's lots of opportunities for anybody that wants to um, help out or or you know start on the path with us. So. Yeah, you can uh, you can click on the links on the on the corner, or uh, you can look at the links on on the comments section below on the podcast sections. And uh, with with that, we want to say thank you guys, thank you for for joining us today, and thank you for being a part of this community. Any anytime you'd like to reach out, we're always available. And uh, thank you so much. Have a great thank you guys. afternoon. See you guys next time.